0: You are listening to the Fourth and Forty podcast, presented by Dorm Room Sports. Turn the
1: lights and Extra bright once you to see this. Turn up the lights and hell, baby. You know what I mean? Want you to see everything, want you to see all of the lights. All of the lights.
0: Welcome back the fourth and 40 podcast presented by dorm room sports last week we had the interview with Kerry Wynn. this week we are planning on having an interview with an nbc sports washington um b- blogger writer he uh, does a lot of redskins coverage and his name is ethan Cadeau. um hopefully he will be joining us uh later today uh, um but first i want to thank you guys for listening every week Last week, our numbers were up once again, and we want to thank you guys for coming back and listening. I'm, it looks like you guys enjoyed that Carrie uh, interview, and that's glad, good to see. But please go ahead, and if you haven't already, follow us on our socials at Fourth and Forty Pod, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. We all have we have all of those going. Um, this week, we've had some interesting news. Uh, One being with the Redskins, which we will get to, and we plan on talking a lot about that with Ethan because he's kind of – I mean, he's in the the Washington sports media, so that's – that's big, and that's kind of the reason why we're having him on this week is we feel like he can give some valuable insight to that. But before we get to all the football stuff, one thing I want to talk about and I didn't even tell you guys about was I've been really pissed off this last couple weeks. Uh, You guys probably didn't even feel the effect, but on Sunday last week there was a wonderful playoff in golf between Colin Cower and Justin Thomas um, that wasn't even on TV. You couldn't watch it. You couldn't watch the golf – the championship round or the Sunday round last week on TV because it got moved up from rain delay. It wasn't on TV. Why That's not? bullshit. And then right now this week, it, it, they, the way the contracts work, they just didn't get it on so, TV. So, so it, cause were, got, like, was it, wait, it was because there was a rain delay? and it, Did it go into like yeah. – uh, no, it was, it was those was rain in the afternoon, so they moved it up. They moved it up in the morning. This, mm-hmm. So they didn't show it because of And then of that. yesterday, yeah, they, okay. were, they weren't able to it because of TV contracts, which is fucking stupid. Golf is sitting here complaining about wanting their sport to grow, but like yesterday, Tiger Woods tees off in the morning. The only way you can watch it is if you have NBC Gold, and no one's fucking buying that shit spending this $8 a month or whatever to have fucking NBC Gold to watch two rounds of golf a week in the morning. Like, Tiger T's off early in the morning yesterday, and you can't watch him. You can't watch his round. It's not on TV. How does golf want this sport to grow if you can't even watch the most famous, the famous players and the best thing about the sport? Last week was exciting to watch. Watching the recaps, I mean, JT hit a 50-foot birdie putt, and then Colin Morikawa enters with a 28-foot birdie putt. How do you want the sport to grow if you can't even watch it on TV? I mean.
1: That's a question that a lot of – a few sports might have to be asking because I agree with you. It's it's inexcusable. I mean, the, I saw the same thing yesterday with the Nats Phillies and Mets Yankees exhibition games. That's
0: that's that's another one. But you that's know what, one. though? How these TV contracts,
1: TV? I agree with you. In the perfect world, you, they should be on TV. It's just really where – these these leagues need to improve their streaming because tv contracts are very rich enriching for these leagues and the sports are so happy about that they're not desperate to be extra accessible to the fans but you're right i mean it shouldn't it shouldn't happen but until these leagues i mean and a lot of leagues do have a lot of good streaming options just what happens is they restrict the streaming because the primary outlet is these tv contracts still i mean you see mm-hmm. that in baseball with no in-market streaming for MLB TV. I mean, yeah. I'm sure golf with their golf channel and their their subscriptions. I mean, golf's you look golf's big but in a lot of ways. Golf still is, is a niche sport. If you don't play golf, you're probably not watching it. And yeah, that's why they're they're trying to basically they're trying. That's like a wink to their subscribers and hardcore fans. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's how I kind
0: of look at it. But the but the the sport is growing. It's undeni- it's undeniably growing. Um. Uh, a lot of people are starting to play it. It might be because it's coronavirus is helping it grow because it's one thing that you can do. Uh, you can go play golf, and, like you can't do a lot of things. You can just go play golf. It's it, you. It's so it's growing right now. But if you're the PGA, like how do you not get this on TV at this these times? Like people are wanting to watch. Like at least give me the last four holes of the final round between Justin Thomas and Colin Kal- 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 Morikawa. Like at least like find a way to get that on TV. I don't care how you do it. Cut coverage an hour early on CBS or something. Like you gotta figure that out. Um, it's like the NFL that's playing just a wild my love. card, not on TV. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, it comes on TV and then comes you on. You can Sunday, get every NFL preseason o'clock. games on TV
1: too, and everything. I mean, the NFL's. I mean, partly because of how few games are so easily accessible, and yeah. the fact that golf just has tournaments on the weekend. That they're, they're Sunday Sunday rounds should always be televised. So yeah, there's there's no excuse for that.
0: Yeah, the fact that Sunday rounds aren't televised till 3 o'clock is also mind-blowing to me. Like, just because, I mean, I don't know. It, it is what it is. That's my weekly rant. But moving on, um, I think the NBA bubble this week has been interesting. I've enjoyed watching all the shotgunning beers, uh, the snitch line, the NBA snitch They've line. They've gotten has been so many reports, painful. which is so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been hilarious. It's been, been hilarious. I think it's, I think it's a joke. Between the play- I, yeah, I think it's a joke between the players, really. Yeah, I think they the definitely players are taking screw with each a other. joke and then the whole shotgun and <laughs> beers thing. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's definitely awesome. Screwing with each other, that's pretty but, cool.
1: Serge Ibaka put a little story of like the meal they put together, and it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's like a su- it's like summer camp all over again. They're it's like a throwback for them, and they're inviting yeah. chicks in. Like I forgot which Alabama player was blame Donovan Mitchell for it. One player stepped outside the bubble to get food, and now he has to be in quarantine for 10 days. I yeah. mean, that's so absurd. Apparently, step a, over a line? Apparently a few players, like, went to get food because the one player told him, and then they reported the one player, and he now I think he either got COVID or he just has to quarantine for a bit.
0: I don't think he got it. I think he just has to quarantine because he stepped outside or something like that. But <laughs> uh, the, I think the NBA bubble's – I think it's going to work. And I think it's been pretty interesting. Now, now the stories have shifted from, like, the players getting there and everything because now it's who's there. Um, we'll get to Zion in a second. But it's a lot about the reporters and stuff now. Like, how's the NBA – who's the NBA going to let in? Who's going to get to do all the reporting? Who's going to get to do a lot of the coverage? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and how are they going to cover the games for sure that's it's it's an important yeah. question but i think it's good the narrative is we've seen the narrative shift when it comes to hockey the nba and the major league baseball from who's getting tested who has covid i know russell Wilsburg, westbrook we found out he tested positive but he's fine now it's shifting mm-hmm. to getting ready for the season i mean yeah, I, I really saw something with baseball is like they tested everyone again and like no one had it i mean we're uh, after all the hysteria, and look, i it, it's legit. Some of it's warranted, but all the hysteria from every every sports journalist out there, we're getting ready to play sports. And when we do our next episode, baseball will be back, and NBA and NHL will be right around the corner. Well, actually, yeah. baseball and the NBA are handling it the best. The way the bubble works, the limited knowledge I have, is you have to get tested before you even enter the bubble. And if you test positive, you can't enter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, no, the it's, bubble, it's the
1: not way a bad that idea. It. It's not. A, it actually might be a better idea because you're already seeing problems in baseball where the Blue Jays can't play in their stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nationals almost had to go down to Florida to play, which would have been stupid because of a law in DC about, and I think LA has this too. Now, they got mm-hmm. around it, but basically they couldn't. You couldn't be around anyone who was exposed to a, someone who tested positive for COVID. But
0: it looks like um, Toronto is probably going to end up in uh, Buffalo. Is I've seen their, their likely landing spot.
1: That makes sense. But yeah, back to the NBA. the The Zion thing's very sad. Did you, I didn't see anything about why, but definitely doesn't seem good. I mean, we I might, heard we're it was probably muscle cramps
0: is why he left the. Book. No, no, it was a no, family it's a, issue. No, it's a family, family issue. issue. I didn't hear that. It's a family health muscle issue. cramps. Yeah, no, it's a family health issue. No, there was there was Mark's right. There was yeah, speculation that it was his health, but it was um, it's no, it's a family health issue of some Yeah, that's
1: that's really sad. I mean, that, that I haven't that's seen something, what it is. That's something to consider. Where these guys' families. If, like, let's say a family member gets COVID, would they leave and go get yeah. out of the bubble? I mean, that's why Ryan Zimmerman's not playing this season. He wants to mm-hmm. help his or just see his mom and not yeah. the fact that he can't see her. But the question, too, is is a guy who, like, let's say Zion comes back, like, in mid August, is he going to be able to assimilate and kind of get back into playing the season? I think
0: that that's something to watch for sure. Yeah, it definitely is something to watch. And also, you talk about these. Bu- the NBA's bubble seems like it's working. They've had less less cases, less cases. It seems like it's working. It it and is as working. Long as they can keep people out. It's definitely going. They just got to gotta
1: keep the side chicks out. I've seen like two or three yeah. of them, but they could all be bullshit too. Like you got all these random yeah. Twitter accounts just putting shit out there. So you never know if they're actually real people.
0: But um, I don't know what the protocol is is in baseball, but I really hope it's similar to the NBA where these guys are basically quarantined at home. Yeah, of course they are.
1: They, they basically
0: are. Because all it takes is a couple of players to get it and bring it onto the field. And then you don't know how I mean, to have to react. People are
1: going to test positive. It's going to happen. Like the best thing. I don't thing, think they will in the NBA. I don't think yes, they, they will. Yes, they will. There'll be though. There was this week with that's King's guy. They're, it's going to happen. This fire spreads like a weed. It's going to happen. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's going to happen. You handle it, you get on top of it, get ahead of it and move on. That's just, that's going to mm-hmm. be the reality of all the sports. I mean, you heard Kerry Wynn talk about it, and then he doesn't think NFL is going to play because they're all in the locker room and it's going to be hard to contain. But I just, I think we just have to accept the fact there's going to be some positive tests, and you're going to handle it, and we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like they're not taking it as seriously as the NBA and MLB has. Well, they're not, how do they're you not know? A, well, they've had months of preparation. They're not talking about a bubble or anything like that. They're playing. Well, baseball's doing, on like, a bubble. Like a regular year. Baseball's on a bubble. Well, still so they're staying in team hotels and everything. What do you like think? That. Wait, what do you think NFL players are going to do once training camp starts? They're not even um, in training. It just, camp. it just doesn't seem as strict as NBA and some of these other. Well, the,
0: that's that's one thing that we're going to get into in the NFLPA. That's what they're
1: we, talking about right we, now, yeah, I think we're we, going to get into that and later and get, in the show. I think we can
0: get into that right now. I think we can yeah, just that's hop in. yeah, so,
1: we I mean, might we might as well um. um Go ahead, Rogue. Yeah, the key essentially is that the, I think the NFLPA and NFL did procrastinate a little bit, and now there's, I mean, they've probably been negotiating, and it hasn't been in the news as much, but they're starting to talk about the health and safety protocols, and they're sparring a little bit about potential cuts in the salary cap, and basically, the good news is we they agree that training camp's going to start on July 28th, which is huge, also very interesting, but the relationship between the NFLPA and the union and the um, the owners is going to be something to watch in the midst of all this. Just because we've already seen other sports have the same discussions, and they've all went through their phase of of lock. I mean, MLB, of course, was by far the worst, but they've all gone through their phase of unrest as they prepare to play sports in a time like this with all the extra logistics to worry about. I th-
0: I'm I'm going to take a little hate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to hate on the NFL for a little bit right here with. I think the NFL was too lax and thought they had too much time, and they didn't get ahead of this and think they had how many months to th- think of protocols, get it together. How many had, months did they have? were uh, since March. Yeah, it's they've actually had, since March, and now and now we're figuring. Now we're having the meetings and figuring out what. But I think the they've
1: in. been having the meetings. I just don't think they've been in the news as much. It's just because I, I don't know.
0: I don't know because it seems like the union, winners, the union that's and the out, owners they don't have anything.
1: But the union and the owners are always talking. I think they've been talking for a while. I just think it became, became public with the training camp started. It is interesting, though, because you guys kind of changed your tune a little bit. Because I remember a month ago, we talked about how you guys thought the NFL, or at least Mark did it. I think, Mark, you said how the NFL was kind of in the best position. Do you still feel that way? No, I definitely don't. I thought they were going to be more prepared than this is. Cause it seems yeah, like they, it seems they killed like- it. Up until yeah. this point, they had the virtual draft. They were doing really well. They were doing the best well, out of anybody. The virtual draft was a no-brainer. I mean, anyone yeah, but with it a seems brain like, could have done
0: that. It seems like – I think Mark and I are on the same page. It seems like they're a little too relaxed with all the protocols. They have, They don't have their protocols and everything together, and they had two months to think of them. You know, what I mean, this shouldn't be, we shouldn't be talk, right now talking about, oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Like, They it should have been. Well, you're decided. right about
1: that because, like, uh, John Harbaugh, we talked about John Harbaugh's comments. So there definitely is some confusion, but I, I think the confusion isn't necessarily the NFL's fault. Um, I think it's just people are kind of realizing that the reality of football goes against the reality of this disease. Well, this virus. I mean, yeah, if you're going to yeah. play football in F training camp, then. It is what it is, kind of like what I said earlier. It's gonna, you're not going to be able to totally avoid it. You just got to get on top of it, and the NFL has to make sure they are on top. And if, they're, if the union is concerned that their health and safety protocols aren't up to par, then that is going to create some, some problems for sure.
0: But, but what I'm saying is that this shouldn't be happening right now. This should have happened two months ago. The union should be disputing it two months ago going into right now. But how do you how do you avoid this? Stuff?
1: I feel like this is just comes with the. You you are going to avoid this, but
0: but there should be more protocols and everything than what's going on right now. Dr. they don't have said that together. they would need a bubble two months ago, I believe. He said, that- and you knew they weren't going to bubble. You knew they weren't going to bubble, but you, they could have done. They could have put something together. Right now, they don't know how many preseason games they're playing.
1: And they're arguing about a face shield, so that, that's true. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is being kind of stupid with the whole, oh, you can't exchange a jersey after the game. I mean, that's just fucking stupid. Yeah, after tackling each other for four that's hours, you really can't fucking swap jerseys. Come on. And that, that is where the NFL is incompetent in these things, like stuff like that. It's like, really? They can't? That's just the dumbest thing ever,
0: that they can't do that. I, I, I'm, I'm faithful that the NFL season will happen. It seems like it kind of came out of nowhere. Training camp starts next week. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is it really? everything seems like it came out of nowhere. And they just released training camp report dates. And we don't know how that's going to go. There's, there's a lot of unknowns with the NFL. MLB seems like they're in a really good spot. NBA is definitely in a good spot. What NHL, happens, happens NHL just the keeps quiet. What
1: happens is in the it? NFL when, like, it happens, like, college football and four or five guys test positive on a team? Do you suspend training camp? By a week, what do you do with that? I don't
0: know. I don't know.
1: There's no, there's no good answer. I mean, you just got to keep testing guys and quarantining them. That's all you can do. There's not, there's yeah. no other. It's it's unavoidable. It's gonna happen. You just gotta. I mean, the good news is, I, I mean, God, the thing about this virus is, there's so much different knowledge and studies, and some mm. of the studies indicate that if you're asymptomatic, you're not transmitting the virus at a high, a high enough rate to create a significant amount of infections, but I mean, then, then again, I mean, look what happened with Freddie Freeman the last two weeks. I mean, he came out – I saw him say this morning, he said he had 104.5 fever and he thought he was going to die. So, Freddie he, Freeman has been the,
0: battling this for like a month or something like that.
1: And he's, he's better he's, now. He's better is now. Is he better now? Yeah, he came, okay. back, to, well, he came was, back to Braves camp. But, yeah, he was
0: really sick. Yeah, he was really sick. And it's just – and like I've been saying this whole time, all it takes is one, right? If Freddie Freeman died from it, getting it through baseball – I'm pretty sure the season would be over.
1: Companies are gonna have but to I mean, work out liability in general. That's mm-hmm. it. it Companies, organizations. I mean, it's how is liability gonna be handled with this? I mean, that and the sports leagues are right in the middle of that when it comes to whether they let a few fans in or with the players. And they they have players that they've worked out that with the players, but with the executives, personnel, like stadium workers. Now I don't know yeah. if they'll have too many stadium workers because obviously there's no fans, but they, Bro, they are you gonna
0: buy a, a fat head at the Nat Stadium?
1: If I get to go back, maybe.
0: No, 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 I'm talking about I'm talking about have your cardboard cut out in the stands.
1: <laughs> That's a really good idea. I gotta look
0: into that. Yeah, I know the, I, I know the I, Mets were doing. That. I don't know if every there's a few teams that. there's a few teams doing it so far. I've seen more and more teams doing it so far. But oh, um, I heard there was I forget where I heard it, but one of the major college basketball coaches was saying, can we just delay the season right now till January 1st? Can we push it back right now so we can keep everything intact? And that's talking about winter sports, college sports.
1: Well, they're waiting for the other college sports, I think.
0: Well, So the A-10, last week the A-10, last week the Patriot League both suspended fall um, sports. Ivy League suspended fall, fall sports, and then a lot of D3 and D2 conferences have already started to suspend fall sports. I think it's going to trickle down to everyone. I think Power 5 is going to be the last one to the fall, but these smaller conferences that we talked about before. It goes
1: back um, to what we talked about. I think you're going to see the SEC, Big Ten, and the big conferences mm-hmm. and the big teams play, and everyone else is either not going to play or they're going to play very little. I think it, I think yeah. we kind of had the right idea when we talked about this a month and a half ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I think well, we got to talk about right this on, on
1: the Father's Day episode, but I don't agree with having a season at all if there's not going to be a national championship. Oh, but I think there will be. Yeah, I agree. If there's not, then yeah, screw it. But you know, how but, do you even how do you even judge? How do you make a top twenty-five or any of that if there's no out-of-conference play?
0: There is. There's. I mean, be no outer it's always play. an exact
1: science in college football, though. I yeah, mean, but at least there's more of a general idea. You know who's the top mm-hmm. teams with out of conference play? How do you even decide that? Cause I don't know that, The SEC is the best teams. Well, but you could say that. Any, you could say that anyway, though. I mean. You're right, it's going to be harder because the SEC will beat up each other more, but they're not playing extra in I – mean, first of all, SEC's still doing out of conference. Well, Clemson in- was going to play Georgia this year, and that's probably Look, not going to Clemson, anymore. Clemson's going to – first of all, they would have beat the snot out of Georgia, and second of all, they're going to go undefeated anyway. You're going to see a Trevor Lawrence-Justin Fields championship. As long as I get that, then I'll be happy with the college football season. Well, not if Alabama wins it And if Maryland does well. No, I, I don't think Alabama's – Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are both gods. Their teams what do are you guys, stacked and loaded.
0: What do you guys feel about the moving the, all the sports to the spring?
1: I don't Except like it. Except for why, though. Because I don't think it's necessary. I think we can play.
0: You think I, you can play college football?
1: I, if, why can't we play college football if we can start MLB, NBA, NFL, NFL it's not not even. Cl- we talked
0: about this. It's not even close to the same. When all these kids know, come back to campus, when it when all, you can't bubble these students, dude, everyone's gonna be on campus, around campus. It's gonna be a cesspool on college campus. Really, these
1: players are going to study hall and studying their. They're, they're, I they're, mean, yeah, they're going be to the around other people. Okay, so yes. you test them and you quarantine. It's the same process,
0: dude. It's different. It's different. It's a NFL, little different, but you're not. If gonna, the NFL, if you're talking about the NFL potentially not finishing their season, which by the way, Mark put out a Twitter poll that was. Overwhelmingly, I think ninety six percent I saw was no, the season will not go the season How many will not people go voted as in it. It was like it was like thirty p twenty, thirty people or something like that, I'm pretty sure.
1: Well you have to take into consideration these college guys aren't getting paid either. For, if I'm in the yeah. NFL, sure that's one thing I'm getting paid to play, but the, if I'm in college and I already have a good draft stock, I'm a First, second, yeah, but that's round. come on. I'm not playing. That is very few, very few players have a good draft. Okay, stock well, right well now. what's the incentive to play if you're not even an NFL prospect and there's no championship? I don't know. You should ask Dave, yes, you should ask Dave. That what about you, Zach? Would you play for the spring for the love of the game? I feel exactly. it's my senior season, but I'm not a power five player. You're telling me you're telling me Alabama, Alabama senior
0: if there's no championship. Why isn't Alabama O-Lyman playing and risking his ACL? Because he f- loves
1: the or game. Risk- That's probably the
0: last football season he's ever going to play. Okay, then why do all these guys opt opt out of uh, bowl games? If there's no championship, it's, only, it's, only draft it's, guys it's a scrimmage out season. Out of well, bowl first, games. Yeah, exactly. It's not like all these – first of all, most guys
1: don't opt out of bowl games. You're talking about a very select few guys who are top draft picks. And after what happened to Jalen Smith, I fully endorse that because – why are? Is the bowl games are just TV revenue generators. The, yes, exactly. The great thing about college football, the best thing about it is the regional rivalries. That's what makes it better, or at least diff, it's best. I mean, I like the NFL better, but what makes college football great, if you're in one of those regional rivalries, it's just it's awesome. The atmosphere is great. So as long as you can keep that going this season, which I think you can, then I don't see why you don't, people won't want to play. It won't be close to a normal season if they just take the steps that all the other sports take.
0: I don't see it happening. I'm just gonna leave it. There. I just, I, I, I like
1: that's, that's all I say about it. like. I don't think, I don't think, see why. I get what you're saying. It's a little different. It's a little more challenging. But you could also make the argument that the college football athletes are, are even less at risk than the NFL athletes because they're just because they're younger. I mean, like i I've, yes. I've repeated this many times. If you're 24 and under, you're more likely to die of the flu than from COVID. That's just a fact. Now I understand the coaches and the staff members, but it's less people to quarantine. So I still think the concept is generally the same. I mean, most schools, I mean, like at Maryland for me, we're coming back to campus, but every class I'm taking is online. Every big lecture is gonna be online, even for these classes that are on campus. So you're just talking about the bars essentially and the parties. You can't you can't avoid that. NFL players, NBA players, MLB players, they're still gonna go do shit. If they wanna go out and do shit, they'll still do they're shit not. just because they're not. How do you know? You because really NBA every guy aren't.
0: NBA players are, and yeah, and MLB guys that are, they're going to get criticized for it heavily because they're going to be ones. Same thing as college, teams. then. Because you see the point? Yes, of but they're college kids here? and they're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. That's the point you're not seeing. Mark's right about that. These NBA and and MLB guys, they have a obligation because they're paid and under salary that, and under contract. These college guys aren't. They're, All they're, it takes they're, is one letter. I agree.
1: They're not getting paid, so that, that, that does play a role. But you're telling me that Nick Saban. Like, Nick Saban and those coaches will bring down the wrath of God on those guys if they don't social distance. You know that. They still respect their coaches and respect their wishes and aren't going to just go rogue and do whatever they want.
0: Dude, I think yeah, you're I right. don't agree
1: with that at all. Have you yeah, seen Last uh,
0: Chance U? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really?
1: Because Last Chance U is representative of well, your average Power 5 college football. There's a reason those guys are on Last Chance U because their first four chances didn't work out. I love that show, but come on that's a dumb that's not a relevant comparison. I mean, they're still the same age. You can't expect 19, 20, and twenty one year olds to stay in their house for months on end. That's I'm not, exactly I'm it. not a, first of all, they're not they don't have to do that. And second of all, I'm not expecting that.
0: Then what well, yeah, do how they are you expect- is the about yeah, That Yes, you're they do. About. Yes they do if they, if, they, if they if if they all it takes is one. It takes one to infiltrate well, the system. Newsflash, there's going to
1: be one. That's, the one is going to happen in every sport. So then you, in co-
0: and in college, one will kill the system. No, it won't. Yeah, will. the whole team will not play. You know what the law in Maryland is right now? If one person on your team gets it, you have your team, the organization has to sit out for two weeks. No competition for Okay, well, weeks.
1: that's going to impact every sport then. That's not a uniquely college thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I think, think so college is going to. what
1: you just told me, are. the Baltimore Orioles aren't going to play at all if one guy gets sick. I mean, again, I'm kind of back to my same point. This is going to impact every sport. I, I bet if you pulled college football players, they would overwhelmingly want to play.
0: Of course, they want to play. Well, there you go. But the school isn't going to take debate. the
1: liability. Oh, yeah, that was never the debate, Rogan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? I'm, it's never the debate. It's a huge part of it. You're saying that they're no, less inclined. Not, no one, no to, one's saying to, that
0: nobody wants to play. I think they want to play, but I don't think they will if there's a chance of no championships. There's a chance of them getting hurt and jeopardizing their NFL career. There's a lot of a okay. lot more factors come into it when but you, you keep take away saying championships. the
1: NFL career thing. That's a, such a small amount of college football players. All right, just- just listen. Just hear me out. If this is an example, okay. So there's no national championship this year. If you're Trevor Lawrence for Justin Fields, are you really gonna play? Are you risking it? Um, I probably wouldn't know. But again, that's a that's Trevor Lawrence and Justin
0: Fields. Okay, but that's who you want to watch.
1: Yeah, I don't want to watch. That's the what we want to watch. Go the- one. University of Southern Alabama. Hardcore college football guy. fans are going to watch their regional rivalries and their teams regardless. They're not us. We're, not, we're casual college football yeah, fans. Well, we watch what? for the big game.
0: Us, us is the majority of the country that just cares about the – No, that's
1: false. Game. College football is huge in a lot of regional areas. In the south, maybe. You think, you think Penn State else. fans are going to not watch it if a few guys sit out? You think Alabama fans? Give me a break. You're not going to watch the Iron Bowl because a few guys sit out? Clemson, South Carolina, like, come on now. It's different. We're Maryland know. fans. Our team only tries the first three games of the season. It's different. It's a different world. Well, you guys are Maryland fans. I'm not. I'm yeah. Whatever. Fan. <laughs> oh, really? Huge <laughs> yeah, Michigan okay. fan. Well, moving. I'm not even a big college football fan. I don't keep. Yeah. You money. don't.
0: Yeah. All right, well, moving on and getting past this because I feel like this. this that was, was that was a lot right of fun. You. Shall yeah, we dare but, talk about our gambling? Well, well, you just cashed, Mark, and let you give give you some. I did nice cash. How about that? I bet on. Just cash.
1: I believe it was the Austrian Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton won. I put don't a know. 50 spot no. on him. I don't know what Grand Prix it was, but I put a little fifty spot on him to win. And what he was won. His, wait, what was his odds? You, I think you said before it was like minus three hundred. It was minus three hundred. He beat everyone by a second in qualifying, and he led every lap of the race easy Yeah, cash, easy uh, win. I mean, yeah, even I Mark know says, who that is. So
0: Mark's Mark says that's interesting to watch. He says that's more interesting than NASCAR. NASCAR a- led, is so he fucking he boring. Led, led drives every... in the rain. There's three different tire types. Everyone... Dude, you just you just said it yourself. He led every lap of the race. What's interesting about that? Well, it's that's like it's watching not, a zero, zero fun zero this week soccer. But it's perfect conditions this
1: week. If it's raining and shit like that, it's way more interesting.
0: I don't Actually, know it's I'm, I'm sorry, racing sorry they don't they don't, they don't cancel
1: the the race for 3 days because of a light sprinkle like they do in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> you can't they can't they,
2: they Wait, why out.
1: why did you make that bet though? Did you just have a cop Do you like Lewis ham I don't even know who that is. He's really good, but was there anything about that? they just woke up this morning and put it in? No, I mean I I keep track of F1 a little bit, but I saw you killed it in qualifying. You beat everyone by a second and they broke the lap time, the lap record in Austria. So I decided to put a bet in on him. Sounds like it worked out for you. Well, anyway, I know we're going to create a Google Doc and we're going to keep track of our bets and we're going to let you guys know what bets we have out. Me and Rug, we're thinking about doing like a 10-minute show every other day or a couple times a week to just talk about
0: picks and what we like, what we don't. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think you guys would do well for that. Um, I'm going to create – I'm probably going to create an Excel sheet here in the next week because we got – a. Baseball come back, NBA come back, NHL. We're gonna keep track of everything. We're gonna make it public information. We're gonna keep track of everything. It's honestly the first time we're doing it. I think everyone on here is a little nervous because now it's now there's no. I mean, I'm as nervous as no I've
1: always been making bets. It, that nerve that that doesn't change at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't. I let's be honest. It. That that's not, that's <laughs> always a that's always a thing. I go on it's, hot streaks. I go on cold streaks, and I'm probably gonna be <laughs> around the fifty five percent
0: range. Oh, Mark, Mark with this oh, Here we go. Mark with 55. Here it is. Mark, buddy, your, your parlays count
1: now, buddy. All your yeah, family. My parlay my parlays win money. I fucking cab you, my have, parlay. No, you probably get you robbed. You did in the fucking football season. Not not during not after that. Okay, yeah. but you know out of anyone, I've gotten robbed on so many parlays that I should have won. Well yeah, we, we get how your parlays work. you Pick, like, four of the five teams right, and then you lose mm. them some crazy way. I, I, I literally now. do that. When I, when I, when I would tail your parlays, I'd literally do that, where I'll try and figure out what team's going to fuck you and take the other four teams and see if it can win. That's going to work for me at some point. Well, it hasn't mm-hmm. up to this point. Yeah, it's going to work. Yeah, I, would but say um, I would say I'm higher than average on parlay wins. I No, I, you definitely are. You, you went through a stretch during the last NFL season. You won, like, three parlays in six weeks, which is sick. Yeah, that was, that was insane. Yeah. That was literally insane. But did you guys see the see the man ratings? I, I, I've, Mark, I know you're saying like everyone gets too upset about that. I, there's some truth to that, but there were some really stupid ratings. Well, I just have a counter argument to the whole rating debate because nobody. It's it's just irrelevant because. Nobody's playing online head to head. I'm sorry, but like other than like the first week, the games out, no one's playing online head to head. So the ratings, are, so the ratings are just irrelevant. And they change a lot too. That's another thing. Those guys are recalibrating them all the time. It is. You're right. It is just something to talk about. But there, I did see some like. Um, and Steelers eh, – no, he texted me. He's like, why – like, Mika Fitzpatrick wasn't in the top ten on safeties. T.J. Watt was in the top ten It – wasn't in the top ten defensive linemen. Austin Hooper was, like, fifth for tight ends. I thought it was just ridiculous. Austin Hooper is not a top five tight end in any realm that I can understand. <laughs> I don't understand
0: how that happened. No, there's um, some, there some outrageous ratings. I mean, that, that's – there's no debate about that. But I think this is just – that Madden ratings come out. At for usually on a yearly basis, the worst time of the year for sports, and it's literally just a headline for someone to talk about for an hour. That's it. but right now, it doesn't matter. You don't need it. It's nothing. Like, a lot of guys are
1: pissed. I uh, like a Marlon Humphrey tweet. I was like, "Why is Marcus Peters not top on play recognition?" Like they care about it. Lamar. Was pissed he was only a ninety-four overall. I mean, they these guys care about it. I mean, it's kind of you're, you're right cool. about that.
0: I've been seeing that's that is. It has been weird. I guess they have nothing else to talk about right now, but uh, that's there's been more. I feel like this year there's been more players talking about than ever. Just well, all just the cause they have nothing else to do. I think. Yeah, I but they they've been players are as bored as
1: we are probably.
0: Yeah, I mean it's gonna get it'll get uh it's gonna get interesting here soon. Things it's are finally starting to pick back up. Yeah. I start work again this
1: upcoming week, and hopefully we get a a. a uh, vaccine in January. Wow, we're, no, I know some positive news out of a uh, Moderna. I think the company
2: was. Yes, it is Phase two yes. re- went really well. So hopefully we're looking towards the January
0: date that everyone's
2: been talking about.
0: Yeah, that would make it big. And I think that's why, uh, the co- NBA or the co- basketball coach are just asking to move the season back already. Just, just give us till January one. Cause if there's a vaccine, it goes, it becomes, uh, you can play. Are you guys ready knowledge. to? back to normal.
1: Are you guys ready to try, like, talk about your atrocious franchise, just the worst franchise in sports? I you suppose want... we can. I mean, I'm not. I'm not thrilled with the way my team's been handling everything lately. Now you're. Not I have an interesting. I, I've.
0: i <laughs> I have some of an. I have an interesting take that I don't think. Uh, uh, you guys have talked about, or you guys even maybe even know about, but so the news broke through the Washington Post, correct? It did. We'll, about Bezos. Before we go any you know, further, who, I just want to you know tell who, Rug what it's like who, being a Ritz. You know princess. who knows? The... Hold on.
1: I, I just I like, ahead, go, I'm, go I, Rug doesn't know this, but just being a fan of a, a franchise that's poorly run is like being in a relationship where you're violently abused every single day. It's just emotionally, <laughs> physically, it just beats you down. It's one of the <laughs> hardest things ever. And some days you'll think are better than others. You think we're going in the right direction here, but it's it's getting hard my mark for those you know mark is borderline delusional with the redskins before last football season mark was begging me to take the redskins <laughs> to win the nfc east and said oh we're going at least 8 and 8 definitely 10 and 6 if things break right he mark is Ugh. just relentlessly well, hopeful right, well and right you, now you exaggerated a little bit i said we were no i didn't exaggerate over-under. i thought the over-under was five and a half last year and i said no no way we're not beating that i read your text i put it in the group chat a while ago it said you said oh we're going eight and eight definitely and definitely at least ten and six if things break right all right you means, were really that's, that's true you were and it sounds like something you would say is you're that optimistic
0: every all right, season well to get back to get back to what we're talking about with the poorly run Redskins. Mark was very excited earlier this week hearing that there was a scandal with Dan Snyder. He was happy. I think we were all happy to get Dan Snyder out. And Not then, me. I, I
1: want him to stay. I well, hate, yeah, of I, course I you want him to stay. Every,
0: everyone that's a fan, that, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't need the league to go back to 32 teams. Everyone wants to keep it at 31 teams where the Redskins are just irrelevant year in, year out. <laughs> so... Dan Snyder leaving would be a step in the really right direction, but so everyone doesn't want that. Besides Redskins fans, and we thought we were going to get Dan Snyder out any way possible. what were you saying
1: though about the about the Washington Post? So, so the Washington
0: Post, uh, Washington Post. What a lot of people don't know is owned by Bezos.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's Bezos.
0: Bezos has repeatedly talked about. it's it's no news that he wants to buy the Redskins. Now, it's not a coincidence that this story, this built-up, 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 perfectly story, breaks right as the Redskins going through its own turmoil with something totally different, which is the name change. Bezos seems to think that this story would have given him what he needed to get the Redskins' ownership. I, I, I mean, it's this conspiracy theory He's not but selling it, the team, but so you're right. I think it's possible. not selling the team, but it's Honestly, an awful. I wouldn't mind it because
1: he's, he has so many different things going on. He wouldn't be as involved as Dan Snyder's.
0: Correct. But I think he just wants to own the team. But now I think he was, I think he was behind trying to it's break. An this inter, it's an
1: inter it's an interesting theory for sure, because he has talked about that, but mm-hmm. I think you made another good point. You talked about how they were building it up. Look, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to obviously. What happened is inexcusable and very disappointing. But I'm not the—I can't be the only one who. When I saw the story break, was anyone else feeling like there'd be a little bit more? I feel like a lot of reporters, the, the journalists, do this—they kind of overhyped this, a little bit.
0: Yeah, but the stuff that was coming out before it was a lot. The Epstein connection. Well, yeah, exactly. It was the, an the,
1: Epstein the stuff, connection. The, the, Jay Gruden the, 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 and Dan Snyder are
0: banging people. Fifteen? Picks. What is it? Fifteen claims of sexual harassment. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah I mean, there were like, so
1: many different theories yeah. running wild in the media that they were paying refs. And it's not like Snyder yeah. was directly involved in the sexual harassment, right? It was just his employee, which is still wrong, yeah. but it was more of like a culture. Like this, The similar thing happened to Mark Cuban two years ago, and he hired a woman CEO, and the world was dandy again. So like, I think obviously what happened was wrong, but relative to what we were told, I mean, God, I, the amount of NFL reporters putting out cryptic shit the whole week about how insane this was, and how Dan is yeah. was going to be gone and have to sell, and he's connected to Epstein. Well, and I, I, once again,
0: I think that was fueled by Bezos. I think Bezos. It's possible this, because Bezos wants the team.
1: I mean, I Bezos, even saw I saw this story or like a, a rumor that Jason. You guys know who Jason Lockenfour is. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a he's a yeah he's an NFL he does a radio in Baltimore now but he's a top NFL reporter for a while for I think NFL okay. Network there was a rumor that he was sending dick pics for reports that was going to come out as part of this <laughs> I I, hmm, I don't I know was, if it's true but I don't I, for, I don't know who's requesting dick pics for information it's that's a great just, question but that's, <laughs> that's something some that was floating out, you know, there. out there yeah I, I don't know who I don't know why someone would throw it out there but. I mean, the moral of the story here is that I think Dan's not going to sell.
0: I mean, really, he's not going to sell. Mark's not getting what he wants. The man. Redskins and sexual harassment is bad, but we all well, let's not act so like it. I'm
1: in the minority here that
0: wants Dan Snyder to sell the team. No, 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 no. I want Dan Slater gone too. I'm tired. Look, the Redskins,
1: the Redskins, but, literally, are this is rock bottom because the two good things about the or the one good thing about them, the two beacons up. One is you guys had a really cool name, and two, that's <laughs> gone. So your older fans are pissed. Well, I think it gives two, a lot of people an out. If if now if you ever wanted to leave the team, now's your out. Yeah, they're exactly. Changing the name, they're changing everything. They had a cool name, and you always had the hope Dan would sell the team. So the cool name's gone. Dan Snyder literally did something hard, really bad, and really stupid. On top of the terrible culture he's had. I mean, he's you talk about he fired all those executives a year ago who didn't. Do it his way. I mean, now he fired a bunch more executives. Either even the what was it Larry Michael? Isn't he a top radio like top broadcaster for them? He, yeah, he had Mr. to retire. Ritzkin, he did the Ritzkin network show for all those years. Yeah, he had the sexual harassment. I mean, there was just like a terrible. I mean, that, it, the culture there was terrible with this and the sexual harassment. It's inexcusable. That's not what I'm saying. The discount that, it's just I think the moral of the story that comes out of this though is that the Redskins fan- and their fans are getting screwed. And, and basically, you're, there, this, this, the new narrative is that Ron Rivera, the, the 13th best coach in football, is going to come down on his, on his white horse and save the world. Well, I just don't know save where you're franchise. getting this narrative that he's the 13th best coach. I don't even – Okay, let's, let's go through that then. So, he's not better than any coach that's won a Super Bowl, which is at least, I think, eight or nine coaches. I mean, we can go down the list. And then you're debating guys like Sean McVay. Is he better coach than Sean McVay? I don't know. He could I would be. say so at this point in his career. That's a debate, though. It's not like it's obvious. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, you can go down the list. There's a lot of coaches. Because you go obvious. All the Super Bowl winning coaches, he's not better than them, just by him not winning a Super Bowl. He's not maybe, better than Maybe Jeff Mike Fisher? McCarthy. Maybe Mike McCarthy. Well, Jeff Fisher's not coaching the NFL right now. Yeah, but he did not so long ago. I mean, you're right. You could say maybe he's like better than Mike McCarthy, like one or two Super Bowl winning coaches. I'll give him – look, at best, he's like the ninth best coach. I'll give him something like that. The the more of the Who's story nine is nine coaches that are better than them? You're really gonna make me list all these coaches, but I, I guess I'll have to do it. Well it's your it's your honor. Well, well no, but come on, you don't think Well you don't have to you don't have to name the no brainer's Belichick, Sean Payton, All right, what about those. what about like Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Belichick, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton. I've heard 37, and there's there's a bunch more too. And you well, get I'm not exactly Sean Be- Mike Tomlin. Okay, I mean, but Mike Tomlin's a better coach than Ron Rivera. You can't you can't say Mike Tomlin's not a better coach than Ron Rivera. And then you can go to like even like coaches who are less successful but have done a great job with their teams, like Sean McDermott and Buffalo. Like you're telling, like are you taking Ron Rivera over him right now with the job yeah. that he's done? And considering I mean, he was with Ron Rivera he's in been Carolina, to a Super Bowl. yeah, he was with Ron Rivera in Carolina, and the defense took a, a hit ever since he left Carolina. At the very least, I like his pedigree and the way he builds a culture, military yeah, look, I background. Don't, I, I don't he's hate runner Rivera. He's been to a Super Bowl as a player, a coordinator, and a head coach. So he knows how to win. Yeah, he's not – I'm not cr- trying to criticize him. I just – do you think it's a problem that he's getting all this power in the Redskins organization? I mean, he seems to have a lot of say. It's it's something you got to worry about because not a lot of coaches have had success. I mean, Belichick has, but a lot of – not a lot of coaches in all sports have success when they take the reins and get – personnel decisions too it's a lot to worry i think, about. He, I, think he, I think he has less power than what you think i don't i think he has but he has final say power. in trades like if yeah. if scott whoever i forget who kyle something Is right? your acting kyle yeah kyle smith so if kyle smith makes a trade ronavares is fuck that i don't want that guy is kyle smith making the trade no but kyle not. smith is still running the draft and th- you act like trades are a regular occurrence in the NFL. So There's, if Kyle Smith said, I want to draft this player, Ron Rivera said, no, I don't want this guy. I want this player. They're taking the guy Ron Rivera wants. Well, it wasn't really a debate this year with the number two pick and drafting the best player in well, the draft, Chase Young. But Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying, though, right? Ron Rivera just, has final say. From what Ron Rivera said in all his interviews, it's a mutual decision. Him and Kyle Smith run through the board together, and then they mutually pick. And there was also talk that Ron Rivera was um, – was integral in the name change that he really was pushing it from the second he got here, which that's kind of a, I get why he's doing it, but that's kind of, if he believes in it, I, I respect that, but that's an aggressive thing to do when you're coming to a team. And I mean, if you pulled the D I don't want to get back in the Redskins name too much, but it's a, it is significant that he came in and he was that motivated to change it. I don't know if he was that motivated. I think he just wanted the distraction going that's the last thing you want as a new head coach is all these distractions, like this sexual assault allegations, the name change. This is the last thing you want. Well, that's definitely true. He's he's definitely trying to he's made look, he is making an effort to clean their culture up, which is good. I mean, my God, the Redskins culture. I mean, do you wanna do you wanna get into the Jay Gruden thing with and with some yeah, of Capri the rumors? I, about I, him? I, I, that's I, well supposedly to Capri, Capri Bibbs I mean, Yeah, Capri Bibbs, if you don't know who Capri Bibbs is. He was like a backup running back the Redskins brought in, and supposedly he was benched the week Alex Smith uh, broke his, his leg, and his replacement missed a block, which led to Alex Smith breaking his leg. And the reason behind it is Jay Gruden and Capri Bibbs were
0: sleeping with the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> now, now one thing I wanted to say is, doesn't Jay Gruden have a wife? I don't know if he does. Not anymore. I, but it seems like his whole <laughs> family is troubled because his son
1: was involved in a public altercation, like a drunk incident, like drunk in public He was yep, arrested. Sherry Gruden. is uh, They're happily married for 30 years. Well, 31st year, I doubt, was happily married. That's all yeah. I know. Maybe not so happily. <laughs> yeah, no way. And then, of course, DJ Swearinger put out that little text exchange where Jay Gruden, like, threatened him or something. Yeah, where he told him to square up. Well, the whole thing was wrong anyway, because Jay Gruden thought DJ Swearinger talked bad about him in a post-game interview, which wasn't the case and somebody somebody told somebody was like jay the organization, gruden's a little
0: insecure yeah, yeah somebody within the organization seems told like he's him insecure that, he's, he's the younger thought,
1: brother right yeah somebody told him that dj swaringer was talking shit so uh, jay gruden hit up dj swaringer was like we could square up right now what's going on <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> well jay gruden plays an inferiority complex you're a head coach in the nfl and you're trying to fight one of your players and dj swaringer actually <laughs> also said that there's that Dan Snyder was also involved in these uh, sexual assault allegations. That he was involved in these orgies or whatever they were. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I do want to say though, DJ Swearinger is kind of a, a whack job, but that is a funny story with the Jay Gruden thing. Oh, it's hilarious! It's definitely
0: hilarious. I mean, I think that's I mean, he was you can't a mess. Get much better than that. I mean, Rod Avera but, would be way better than yeah, Jay, Jay Gruden. Gruden. Dude, what do you get it? like you have a wife and you're getting and now you're getting buttered that Capri Bibbs is fucking your side piece? Like, okay, you lost. Move on. Like, like I will holy, say this though. The Capri, Capri like, Bibbs
1: uh was definitely for a guy who's probably on the edge of the roster, probably not the smartest <laughs> move. Slick in your headquarters well, side piece. I, I mean, Capri Bibbs is probably like the fifty-third guy in the roster. The last couple of years, that's not really a way. No, to... he
0: he was playing. He was playing. About
1: that was also before AP, I believe. Well, you telling me, Capri Bibbs him. was a safe member of the roster yeah, at any point?
2: No, I don't know. I'm sorry,
1: I can't take that seriously. When you can't even couldn't even name your team's entire offensive line, but you're all over Capri Bibbs and his. Uh, okay, i whoa, whoa, he's, he's a no name. All over Capri Bibbs. All over Capri You just biz. said that's, confidently that's he was playing bad. a lot. He was a a valued member of the hit. roster. No, he was like he was a
0: Chris Thompson replacement because <laughs> Chris Thompson. Yeah, he probably gone life.
1: in like you know how running backs worth. They you can grow a running, you can grow a backup running back on third down on. Cheese. Yeah, you
0: can. Grow, yes, you can grow him on a. Yeah, you're right. But that being said, he still fucked Jay Gruden's side piece, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, and it's very funny. All of him. I mean, <laughs> it's the fact that Jager what a I've fucking been saying baby. for
1: three years—that he should have never been hired. Yeah, you—you you ended up being right about that. His culture was rotten. Jager had a rotten culture. It, that, that's just—and it not bad. all his fault,
0: but it was bad. And now he's never getting a coaching job again. Well, he already so. is he's coaching oh, in yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, he's an offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Oh, he's not well, a bad
1: offensive coordinator at all. He's yes, great he is. No, he's not. Oh, he's a, dude, fucking, he's a terrible he gonna, head coach. Rug. He is the most yeah, head coach, not offensive coordinator. He's the worst play caller I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> dude, he, he how's look, he going to walk look, into that locker plays room. bad with the Redskins.
0: All the sexual relations almost all revolving around him. Weren't Doug, they? Mar- Doug oh, Marone a is have- a,
1: in Jacksonville is just a drill sergeant. He just He's like a poor man's Bruce Arians without the success. He'll make it work. Let me let me give you a rundown of Jay Gruden's offensive play calling: run, pass, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, pass, run, pass. I mean, it's just he he never passes the ball on first down. Goal line fades every time he gets in the red zone. It's the it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why he struggled so much calling plays with the Redskins because I I always thought in Cincinnati he did a great job calling plays because he thought Josh Dobson was fucking AJ Green. I don't know. I mean, his, his, he just let his personal feelings interfere with his coaching too much. I mean, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's I be think we're that. And we saw that literally. And it's the whole Redskins organization. That's why their culture is terrible. And that's why they have sexual harassment problems and all the other problems they have. It starts at the top. And a guy like Jay Gurdon, he might already be a little insecure because his brother is the star and he's not. And that's how it's been his whole life probably comes in and <laughs> he obviously's insecure he's in a bad <laughs> culture obviously. as it is and it brings out the worst in him that's just how these things work well all those guys are out of the building except for the guy at the top so hopefully ron rivera can go in there and change some things up yep savior ron rivera is going to save the day in washington well it can't get any worse than bruce allen jay gruden there no it can't and I think ron's a huge improvement but it's still going to be a the Redskins actually have some good things going for them talent wise, so it's a shame that it's a shame that they've had this come out. I mean, Dwayne Aston's even tweeted out last night, he's like, When are we getting a new name? There's just a lot of turmoil.
2: Well, I think well, a lot of that has to do with like so. trademark yeah.
1: yeah, that's that's what it <laughs> is.
0: But uh, <laughs> That guy's a genius. Yeah, that's
1: really funny by the way. What a guy. Took trademark all the names took to every, think
0: of. Oh, oh my god.
1: Why don't they do the DC defenders? Why don't they just take that? I think that'd actually be a really good. Yeah, name. just
0: steal it from the X- XFL name? Just yeah, steal it from XFL.
1: Just he, XFL's gone. Just take DC Defenders. I'm sure loves it's still trademarked though. But, yeah, I think they still have the trademark. They would probably have to pay. I feel like they can work around, around that out. though. No, they'd have to pay for it or whatever. Well yeah, out. but they could they could make it work if they wanted to. <clears throat> I like the, I'm on I'm, I'm on the Red Wolf train. Oh, God. After hearing the background of it and everything like that, I'm I mean I wish the name never got changed. Anyway, but it is what it is at this point. It's getting changed. At least give us something that we want. And like the
0: Washington, are, are question marks right now. All the like the whole fan Washington base Washington wants the Red Wolves too. Marks.
1: But I'm sure Dan Snyder will go
0: with whatever the fan base doesn't want. So, well, I think Dan Snyder is realizing that he doesn't have anyone. I think Dan Snyder is gonna to have to start changing his ways, or else they're gonna lose the fucking ship here. Oh, because you think Dan Snyder gonna change yeah,
1: that, I think that's uh, if, if it if it we'll has if, if it has something the, to do with money, kid. though,
0: he will. If it has something to do with uh, money, he he will.
1: Redskins are a very valuable franchise. He's not going. The Reds look. The Redskins. I know their fans have definitely watched less and gone to games less, but they still still French, a cash cow. Yeah. Any and anytime you own an NFL franchise, it's a cash cow. And the only way he's out is if they force him out. I don't know if they would go force him out like that yet. Well, okay, there's a well, possibility with the sexual assault allegations, but now that that doesn't involve him, he's definitely not selling the team. He's only going to get fined no. a couple million, whatever it is. All right, yeah. let's um, let's get into. This. So this is, get contract contract. Yeah, this is the week of contract. Yeah, this is the week of contract extensions. A lot of really three really good ones that I think is are important to touch on are Chris Jones, Derrick Henry, and Miles Garrett. Uh, well, we got a nice debate about Henry, but I'll start with Chris Jones. I know the Chiefs are paying their top guys, and some guys are worried that Bill and I, the science guy, is going to be at wide receiver and corner three years from now because they're going to have cap problems. But if there's just something about locking up your own guys who are just great players that is just a good organizational habit. Chris Jones is every bit the player that I want to pay long-term. Great interior pass rusher. Well-deserved. When he doesn't play, their, their defense takes a step down. They need pass rush. They're linebacking, especially in Kansas, they're, the Kansas. The Chiefs linebackers stink. They stink. I mean, Anthony Hitchens is one of the most horrendous linebackers in football, and he plays every down. Chris Jones, they need they need a front four. Steve Spagnuolo loves having front four defenders that just rush the passer. And if you have a good interior pass rush, you can wreck a game. And he does that consistently. And Him being even the fact that he was limited in the Super Bowl still made a difference for the Chiefs. I, mean, I, I love the signing. She loved what the Chiefs are doing. The only question is if it might hurt them next year with the cap, but some of their young guys still aren't getting paid yet. So they'll survive. I love the the signing too, but if that 40 million reduction next year does happen, the Chiefs are going to be in some trouble. But will they though? Mahomes will still be getting 22 mil. A lot of their young guys are still not in the expensive part of their deals. I don't, I don't know if I think I'm sure they took that into account when they signed this. Well, I didn't think they were, they thought the 40 million was going to be that big of a reduction. Yeah, and look, and we don't know what that will end up being. Um, But, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's an unprecedented time for that. Um, But, yeah, then, and, of course, Mark, you had a lot to say about Derrick Henry. Yeah, I didn't like the signing at all. Derrick Henry is not even a top five running back in my opinion, and I'm just opposed to paying running backs in general. I got into a little spat with a few guys on Twitter. A couple of biased Titans fans had to put them in their place. But I, I just thought the Titans yeah, really, really this. showed them. I thought the Titans handled this offseason really poorly, paying Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So you think it was a bad idea to pay the two guys that gave Titans fans their best season in a very long time? Well, like I said on Twitter, I, I see why they did pay those guys because they couldn't afford to get anybody better. But I just don't see it as a winning and, formula to pay an average quarterback and a not top five running back a lot of money i partially agree with what you're saying but how in the hell could you say derrick henry's on a top five running back i don't understand i don't understand that at all
0: all right we've already we've already done this we've already done this debate. let well, no, no no, no. He, he needs to justify
1: back. it again that's ridiculous derrick henry is the best running back in football in my book it's a it's, <laughs> a, it's it? stupid all right, all right. I what do you mean All oh, right. right? I could see the argument for borderline top five, but he's not borderline he's top not the five best running back in the NFL. What you running back carries a load? I'm, he carries. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey a hundred times out of a hundred. Fine, he's the second best. Set if he's not, I, I think yeah. he's better than McCaffrey, but I get it. McCaffrey does play with the pass catching and I'm the taking Saquon base. over. Oh, Derek that's Henry. ridiculous. I'm taking Zeke oh, that's, over. That's I'm ridiculous. taking Zeke that ridiculous. over Derrick Henry, and I'm taking Alvin Kamara over Derrick Henry. Oh, that yeah, that that's insane. Oh. You got to be kidding. Saquon and Alvin Kamara, that is insane. And is, Zeke. They're way – Zeke, again, I understand the Zeke argument because, again, he carries a load. Saquon Barkley, you take away – look, he he breaks the big play like anyone. That's why he's like Barry Sanders. But he has games where he just loses yardage throughout the game. He just loses yardage. He's inconsistent. He turns two yard gains into four yard losses. He's always trying to break that big play. He's a little too. He's got to iron that out a little bit before he. He's like fifth or sixth or fifth for me right now. He needs to be iron that out before he gets up to my like top. Three. I would. I would even take Joe Mixon over. Oh yeah, that, that's generally. just fucking. I, that that's just so dumb. I don't even know how you can say that. Joe, All right, well, let's get a, let's get I'm away from so let's so get away close. from this no, topic. Let's get away from the topic. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> like I didn't want to talk about it. About like, Mark let's, is just full himself. From, let's
0: just let's get away from that.
1: We'll talk about the the contract in general. So, Mark's kind of right that when you have a, I think Derek Henry's great. I think, like I said, but. When you have a running game as good as, good as the Titans, it's more—it's much more than Derrick Henry. Their run blocking last year was obscene. It was obscenely good. And Jack I mean, you're, paying, you're paying an 1,100-yard rusher fifty million dollars over four years. I'm sorry, but Alfred Morris. That's Alfred Morris numbers when he was yeah. in Washington. Derek Henry's Alfred Morris, but whatever. I don't I didn't want to I, well, I we, say, we didn't pay, you, We didn't pay Alfred Morris 50 million dollars and he's not even in the league anymore, I'm pretty sure. Congratulations. So the Redskins so, made a that's good, just good goes decision to show how irrelevant running backs are. Good. They're the most replaceable position in the NFL. I'm never paying a running back. We're all on the running backs are overrated. Yeah, but they didn't give him that crazy of a contract. But I understand the argument because I understand the argument in the sense that the Titans run game is more than Derrick Henry. And if the problem with them is their run game cre- their unusually good run game created Ryan Tannehill's success because Ryan Tannehill thrived in the play action and the bootlegs. That type of, of scheme, it can be sustainable with the right or the right team and right personnel. I don't know if they can sustain it. I think they're gonna end up in the eight and eight range again. That could lead to a playoff berth depending on how mediocre the AFC South is, so We'll just have to see. I'm not I'm, – I'm sorry. I'm paying Jack Conklin over paying Derrick Henry. It's just I don't agree with that contract at all, and I would never pay for a running back. The only time I would ever pay for a running back is a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who he's a borderline two-position player, wide receiver and running back. That, that's an interesting point where, with Barkley, his receiving is valuable too. The receiving backs are a little more valuable, Camara too, but Henry's such a force, and he's so important to that team. I just disagree. He's not he's not multidimensional. He's not you disagree. A, he's not he's important not, to the team? Well he's important to the team. That's not what I'm saying. I I just I don't know. I don't agree. Unless you're a great receiving back and a great rusher, then So if you put Christian McCaffrey at the Titans, you think they go to the AFC championship game last year? Yes. No, absolutely not. Yes, I do. There's not, there's not a chance. I don't, I don't know how you can say that. Do you see – a lot of it was mental. When you have a guy, a running game like that, that can just bully defenses with five yards a pop in the second half and you get a lead, it comes – I mean, that's what happens to the Ravens. The okay, Ravens well, got the, down. The, they running back, to do. the running back position in general is the most reliant on other positions in the in the NFL. If you keep Christian saying in general, though. It's Derrick Henry's unique case. No, it's not because he's – he had that great offensive line last year. If Christian McCaffrey had that offensive line, he would have put up way better numbers. Christian McCaffrey's numbers were amazing. That's not the point. Yeah, and his offensive line wasn't nearly as good as Tennessee's. But it's it's how Derrick Henry runs. It's the load he carries when it comes to those 30 carries in the playoffs, just wearing teams down mentally. Christian yeah, McCaffrey I mean, doesn't gonna, do that. He's not going to do that through the entire playoffs. They're never going to win a Super Bowl – behind Derrick Henry. Really? Dad. They were beating the Chiefs of the first half in Arrowhead and it took the greatness of Patrick Mahomes no, with their average no, defense they, they to take over the game. The they could have the game. They easily win What won you're the wrong about there, Marcus, they
0: aren't going to win it with Ryan Tannehill. They're not going to win it with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. And that was
1: my whole argument. You don't pay an average quarterback and a uh, slightly above okay, average so quarterback. Okay, so you could say that to you could say it to a lot of teams, but the not pay an average quarterback. I get the argument, but you can look, the bottom line is you either pay Ryan Tannehill or you restart a quarterback after your franchise's best season in years. Well, I would much rather do that than pay an average quarterback and be, just be average for the next four or five years because then you're just postponing a rebuild. That's all you're doing. And I hoping agree in theory. You're hoping, you're hoping for a miracle for a fran- what he really is. You're not building a franchise on a computer. Your fan base just saw its best team in years. Which is why, why they I did said it. I see why they did it. Yeah, that's why I said. Okay, and yeah, we're in agreement then. We're in agreement then. So well, let's get uh, to. I don't agree with why. All right, well, let's I move. I let's with, move with, to I Miles Garrett.
0: Let's Gaird. get to Miles Garrett. Yeah, this, this is, is, is a, a joke. Let's. Contract. Oh yeah, this is a um, fucking five joke. Five years, one hundred twenty-five mil with 100 one one hundred mil guaranteed. You guys think it's a joke? I think it's only a little bit overpaid. That's a fucking horrendous deal. It's not about the. It's not about the price tag. It's just about who he is
1: as a player. I mean, he had a pattern of behavior before the incident with the helmet. He was getting personal fouls. He was playing too aggressively. Like in the Jets game, he lost his mind early in the season. And what he did to to Mason Rudolph was – so bad and then he tried to freaking alibi his way out of it by making up some joke some bullshit about how kyle rudolph used or i keep saying that mason rudolph used a racial slur he just decided to bring that up three weeks later so that was a fucking joke too that i knew that was bullshit as soon as uh his african-american teammate right next to him Marquise pouncey defended him to death like, hey, you're not going to defend your teammate, your white teammate, if he has a racial slur. And yeah, and he didn't say a word about it after the game. So that – that I lost respect for him just off that. But in spite of that, what My, – Miles Garrett, I'm not saying he should have been arrested or anything. Obviously, I don't believe that. But that was that's not a guy I want, I'm paying that type of money. Like I talked about with Chris Jones, he's the guy I am paying that type of money, homegrown player. Miles Garrett has a pattern of behavior. It culminated with that incident last year. He alibied his way out of the incident by blame by saying, "Oh, Mason Rudolph used a racial slur." I mean, well, he, first people, of all, people even, believe that all of about two days. First of all, I don't care really. what word Mason Rudolph used. You have no excuse to bash someone with your helmet. I don't care what he said, but even even I, I so, but he probably didn't say anything. So that's a, that doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. But Miles Garrett, the player, obviously is really talented. He's a game wrecker. He's has got long ass arms. Bends around defenders. If, if Miles Garrett somehow cleans up his act, and is a gr- he's a great player, there's no debate. He's a tie. He's he's as good of a pass rusher as they're gonna find. He's a prototype. That's why he went as high as he did. But 100 million guaranteed for a guy coming off what he did. You don't just that type. Something like that, as aggressive as what Garrett did in the game. You don't just snap your fingers and come out of that next season. There's there's some there's some fallout from that there's there's not there's gonna be he's gonna you're gonna have to handle him and you're already in a locker room with Beckham Jarvis Landry a bunch of guys who are I mean that Grant or if there was some Greedy Williams is a kind of a head case there's other guys in the Browns too that are just they're just used to being a, a bad culture even though it's a it's a better culture now I, I just don't trust paying Garrett at all I don't even know if it's a better culture now I mean they haven't really proven it I think it is because hey, they got a, it's a better
0: culture. Paul DePodesta
1: is running it, and they they got they're all in on analytics now, which is a good sign. Jimmy Haslam's and more handoff and kind of let them do their thing with that. And I think they had a very good draft and a very good off season. So I will, I'll be curious. Kevin Safansky, I don't have high hopes for a coach that young who wasn't even the architect of his own offense. But they they like him a lot. They wanted him initially. The analytics guys wanted him before. John Dorsey promoted Freddie Kitchens, but we'll see.
0: Let's just say I hope my brownies come out swinging this year and uh, get it done because the Redskins sure as hell aren't. So, can we settle this? Are you
1: a Browns fan or a Redskins fan?
0: I'm a Redskins first, Browns second, but this year it's going to be a lot of focus. So, on you're,
1: the a Redskin, so you're a Redskins You're
0: Redskins fan? Yeah, no, that's – I mean, I've always been a Redskins fan. I'm going to be a Redskins fan until the day I die, but the Browns – I picked up on the Browns – Three or four years when I started joking around with the three or four years ago, and I just I've just watched them. I mean, it's fun to try to get a team from the bottom to the top. I mean, the Redskins. I don't have much to lose starting at the bottom. I mean, I get to watch the Redskins just suck year after year. I mean, the the Browns have kind of part of my take. Real quick, with the PFT, did the ten years of uh, let's remember let's remember the best things that's happened under Washington for the past under Dan Snyder's ownership, right? And that was fucking sad to listen to. That was hilarious, but sad. Redskins, It was like ten and eight season with one with a playoff or appearance or something like that. Uh, it was it was so bad. Like it's it's been so frustrating for so, my Wait, whole. Wait, did life. you say
1: a ten and eight season?
0: Yeah, that was like that was that well, was like number two. I don't know. We're, we're,
1: yeah, where'd you where'd you come up with that number? I've never heard of was an eighteen was, game season. What was
0: it? You mean ten I mean, and six. <laughs> <laughs> ten and six season. Ten and eight seasons. what is it? Ten and six with. Well, maybe we do no, need no, to bring the yeah. yeah. after that. Yeah,
1: I don't know what. <laughs> um, how eight
0: many? Eight. How many games are in a season? We got to bring the deck quiz back. Uh, well, sorry, I was just I was just talking. <laughs> it was, it was two games over five hundred. I think it was
1: no t- ten and six. That's what it was.
0: Yeah,
1: you had it right. Whatever. You had the wins right.
0: Yeah. Okay, it was but, the
1: year that Kirk. Kirk I think was it, the Kirk year that Crescent, C- it was it the it year, the year they Crescent, lost the yeah. Packers. Was they they go ten and six that year? No, they went ten and
2: six with the three. I don't know. They went ten and six with three. But RG3. what I'm
0: saying is, being a Redskins fan has sucked for then, um, my whole life. It's yeah. Been it's okay. Let down. It's so that's why I've hopped on the Browns bandwagon. I hopped on it when they got Baker Mayfield, and it really went to shit the past couple. Yeah, of I years. I jumped on it briefly. I haven't and been a good.
1: I realized Baker Mayfield's dog shit.
0: Well, I'm staying on it. Unlike I you, think I'm not, not an actual shit. bandwagon fan. He's. Well, I, only, bandwagon. I only
1: hopped on it briefly because I hate Baltimore. And yeah. So I think I'm on the. I think I'm on the Bengals bandwagon now. <laughs> I need mark. Joe Burrow to lead me to greatness. Well, well, well that's Burrow another Mar- god, Mar- mark. That's so. another
0: shitty organization. So
1: Joe Burrow <laughs> is a god. So I, I understand I me. Mean, well, I'm used to. I'm used to those I'm future Hall of Famer. Yeah. For sure, but um, and then there's Dak. I mean, we we've gone over Dak, but. His agents complaining and whining. He, Dak, Dak brought it on himself. He, over, he overshot the market. Dak, Dak's a fucking loser. He should have taken his 35 million and ran home laughing. He wants too much leverage. He wants like a three-year like three deal with a player option. I mean, a roster bonus. Like, come on. It's not happening. Yeah, it's
0: not going to happen. He's, well, he's
1: got to be realistic here.
0: Yeah, it's just not happening for Dak. But um, I think we'll end this part of the episode right here. Um. Next, we will have, I think, right, yeah, going in, we'll have the Ethan Cadeau interview right after we end this. You guys won't be hearing from us probably after the interview. That will be it for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Today, we welcome on Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington writer. He writes mostly about the Redskins and Nationals. Um, he's put out a lot of recent uh, good tweets and good articles. I've read a couple of them. They've been really interesting, especially the one on Dan Sider that just came out. Uh, They've been they've been really good. Uh, how are we doing today, Ethan? I'm doing well, man.
2: Thank you guys for having me on. This is like full circle for me because we all grew up together, and now <laughs> we're we're operating in a professional scene. So happy to be on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Been a long day or er, a long time since all the the baseball days together. Oh yeah, big uh, fifth grade championship
1: <laughs> uh, with the Yankees. Those are uh, good old days for sure. Yeah, good old
2: days. Yeah.
0: So, getting into it, we've uh, we we know why why you're here. Uh, you got the insight in on the Redskins. You're close to it. You get to see all the stuff. Couldn't think of a better time to bring you on. Um, I would just say just go ahead and give a rundown of what's what it's been like the last couple of weeks with everything coming out. What you know and what you've heard.
2: So the last two weeks have probably been two of the most hectic weeks I've had at work since I started working there in 2018. So. As I was explaining, like the in June, June was horrible. There was nothing to talk about. There had been no sports for three months. And it was just hypothetical after hypothetical after hypothetical. But then on July, I think it was July 1st or July 2nd, FedEx's CEO, Fred Smith, called for Washington to change its name from the Redskins. And at the time, I didn't even know that Fred Smith was a minority owner of the team. <laughs> I just thought, like... FedEx, FedEx Field. I know they have like the 20 plus year naming rights deal that expires in like a couple years, but I had no idea he was a minority owner. And then pressure came from other corporate sponsors, Nike, Pepsi, etc. And then July 3rd was the first bombshell when the league announced that, or not the league, the team announced that they were going to be going through the investigation of changing their name eventually. And then two weeks later, almost, I think it was July 13th, July 11th, something like that, was when uh, they announced that they were going to retire the Redskins and the logo. So those 10-ish days, we were writing blogs about the Red Wolves, the Warriors, the Red Tails, talking to former players. I talked to Fred Smoot and Brian Mitchell, Doc Walker, and we all like talked to a bunch of people, and we were working – around the clock, putting out like dozens of articles a day. And then this even got crazier, as you guys all know, last week when the Washington Post dropped that story about the culture and the sexual harassment claims within Washington's front office. So for the past two weeks, we were talking about all this name change. Then there was that four or five days of the lead up of, oh, the Washington Post is dropping this bombshell, but we don't know what it's going to be about. And then, now it's the aftermath of everything that they've dropped. So, I mean, I think it's a little quieter now than it w- definitely a little quieter now than it was three to four days ago. But it's been one hectic month for sure.
0: So, when news dropped, and we all we all saw that week leading up to everything that was supposed to come out the yeah the news the fi- uh, there's going to be this huge story huge story all these allegations or supposed things were coming out and like like the sex parties with the cheerleaders in foreign countries, the Capri Bib story, <laughs> yeah, the, all the stuff, the, the paying off the refs. Yeah, the Epstein one was huge. And then did you feel a little let let down, like the media really built this up and then it came out and it really wasn't anything bigger than what Mark Cuban went through a couple years ago? Or, I wouldn't say I was let down because I would say
2: saying that I was let down by the story is discrediting – what actually came out and the courage that it took the 15 women or so to speak Mm -hmm. on what's going on in Redskins Park or in Ashburn, I guess. Um, In terms of like the hype that it got entering the week, a lot of it was unprecedented by a lot of people that didn't know what was going on behind the scenes at the post. Like if you looked at like the Twitter accounts of people who worked at the Washington post leading up, none of them were the ones teasing the story. A good it was point. all like other members. And it wasn't even only like the media. It was just like a bunch of people on Redskins Twitter, just running wild with like rumors and stuff. And I'm sure some of the other stuff that came out is true. And there's probably a lot of stuff that came out that wasn't in the post story. That is also true. But I would say I wasn't let down. I was just surprised that maybe more wasn't included, but like I said, let down would be the wrong word for me to use. Yeah, no, let, down is, let yeah. down is
0: definitely the wrong yeah. word to use, but I just couldn't find out. I like no, you know no, you're what good. i was trying to <laughs> say with, with <laughs> yeah. the, the I mean, I hate the internet when it comes down to it because yeah, and- it's supposed to be this. All the Redskins fans were finally going to get what they wanted, and this just makes yeah. me hate the fucking internet more because <laughs> we're all going to get Dan Snyder out of the fucking job. Everyone wanted one thing Dan yeah. Snyder, find a way to fuck this up and give this, give this franchise to Jeff Bezos. Now, saying Jeff Bezos' name leads me to the next question I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask, which was: I'm one of the people that believe this conspiracy that Bezos wants the team. It's known that he wants the team, (laughs) but it's not a coincidence that he buys the Washington or he he owns the Washington Post. And now, as the Redskins are going through this turmoil with the name change, all of a sudden this story comes down. What Mm -hmm. do you? Any thought to that? or <laughs> um, I personally
2: don't know if he's interested or not in buying the team. But like you said, you're not the only one who believes in this conspiracy. There's a lot of <laughs> others. And there a lot of people believe in the conspiracy because it's realistic. I mean, he has the money. He's one of the few people that could purchase the team should it go up for sale. And like you said, he has a connection to the city's most powerful media outlet. Yeah. So, I mean... I wouldn't say it was a, a Jeff Bezos motive t- for to go investigate and try and like embarrass Dan Snyder to try mm-hmm. and get him out. I wouldn't say that was his motive, but I would say, yeah, I mean, there there might be something there. I mean, only a few people know. I don't think you're you're wrong to say there could be something there. Do you think um, the push to change the name was kind of
1: linked to the building of this story? Was that all kind of culminated? Do you think that was an it made an impact on? Fred Smith and the initial sponsors beginning to pull out. Like, did they do you think they kind of heard about mm-hmm. the building of this story at that time and that the two things are kind of linked together a little bit?
2: Um I would I'd say this. Like that story took months and months of investigative work and reporting. So they had to know that maybe Fred Smith didn't know, but I'm sure the team knew mm-hmm. before the story came out which in fact they did because the posts reach out to ask for comments and all that stuff from team officials and such. But I would say the name change is more directly correlated to what we're going through as a country mm-hmm. and all the events that have happened honestly post the killing of George Floyd. I mean, ever since then, there's been this huge like social justice reform obviously in this country, and I think that led to the pressure from sponsors because it wasn't just fred smith it was like pepsi bank of america Mm, and all these other corporates yeah their stuff and And everything i think the biggest part about this is snyder was never going to change the name in my opinion unless like he never wanted to he said he didn't want to change the name but once the money once he realized that financially like his biggest sponsorships were going to go if he didn't change the name i feel like he's kind of left with no choice. So I would say that is much more of a reason than this post story. I think it's – I wouldn't say it's coincidental that they both came out at the same time, but I would say it's definitely not the best look for the people in Ashburn. For sure.
1: Have you heard anything in terms of the name change? I know there's a big push on social media that everyone wants the Red Wolves, but
2: (laughs) I think uh, Dan Snyder is going to do the opposite of what everyone wants like he usually does. So the only thing I know is when I talk to Fred Smoot, like – right when july, it was like july 5th because it was the day after july 4th and he told me that was the same day he like started the whole red wolves thing or told me about the red wolves he also said the team had two or three names they really liked and if you think about the time that he said that this red wolves movement was not even like a thing it really has taken off within like the last couple of weeks and post that interview so i would say I don't think Red Wolves is going to be the new name. I would say maybe like a 10% chance, but I personally have no insight on when or what it's going to be. I think the team wants it to or have a new name before the season. I know Ron Rivera said that as well, but there's a lot of legal implications that go into that that could definitely postpone that process.
0: The motherfucker who bought the trademarks might be the smartest dude you've ever ever seen in the (laughs) world. I mean that dude's <laughs> fucking genius. Won't he have to came out anything. saying
2: he doesn't even want anything.
1: He's willing to give them. Mm. He's willing to give them the name,
2: and he yeah. said especially the Red Wolves too, which I found interesting. Did someone have a gun to his head when he said that? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that, that that dude won't have to work another day in his life if he gets paid for it. He'll get paid more than he's ever been paid in his life.
1: But as we kind of, I guess, as we move to the front, do you think there's a? Obviously, I know the the general consensus is that Snyder's gonna still keep be the owner of the Redskins on week one. Is there a path? Like, what would have to happen for him to
2: be pushed to sell the team, and do you think it's likely at this point? Um, hmm. I think he would have to do something Donald Sterling-esque in order to sell the team. I, I think it's very, very, very difficult to get – or for any league to oust an owner unless there's direct – like, the owner did something direct, like – Mm-hmm. just because while of the this, of this all happened under his watch he was not accused directly of the sexual harassment so i mean you could definitely argue and i wouldn't like i wouldn't disagree with you that it's just as bad that happened under his watch as him doing it himself but the fact that he didn't do it himself makes it very difficult in my opinion for him to to leave or because like so it's hard to force anyone to sell yeah Mm-hmm. Like you see the same thing in New York with Dolan.
1: Especially if you're an owner of an NFL team, I would never sell either. It's just a cash cow.
2: Yeah, and ex- especially like Washington is one of the most like valuable franchises in the league still. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable how they've been so bad yet are still so valuable.
1: And you're selling low right now just because of the pandemic. I'm mm-hmm. sure franchise valuations will be temporarily impacted just in the short term.
2: Yeah, and we saw like a couple years ago what the Panthers went for. Like I can only imagine how much money the, like, Washington would go for if, if Snyder wanted to sell, which I highly doubt he does.
1: With um, Speaking of the Panthers um, and with Ron Rivera kind of making mm-hmm. his way to the Redskins, how much influence do you think he has right now? We've kind of debated on the show like how much power, how much say he has on personnel decisions in addition to the coaching. Mm-hmm. How much impact do you think he's had on the culture and how much power does he have with personnel decisions
2: right now? So I would say right now in Redskins Park, Dan Snyder is the most important person in that building and Ron Rivera is number two. And I don't think there's, I think the gap between Rivera and anybody else is very significant too, especially like with everything he's done within, like he hasn't even coached a game yet a practice, but he's already like the voice of the organization. He's the one coming out and having to make quotes about everything that comes out. And it's never anyone else. It's him. So I would mm-hmm. say, like, in my opinion, I already think he has the most say that any head coach has had in Washington since Joe Gibbs. And wow. that's without that's without coaching a game, a practice, anything. And that just shows the trust that Snyder has in Ron and where he envisions the team going. I think – I like, I personally think that when – Snyder hired Rivera. He wants him to be the head coach for as long as it works out. And I think he wants Rivera to have some role within the organization for longer than just being the head coach.
0: Wow. I I mean, it makes sense with all the power that he's been given.
1: Yeah, it does. It does make sense from, like, optically what we've been seeing, Mm -hmm. just how present he's been in press conferences and just influential. You see the reports and stuff. So that's very significant for them.
0: One and like, one article that you wrote that really sorry to cut you off, but one article that you wrote yeah, that really stood out to me was uh, the title was Will Dan Snyder try to parlay the name change into building a, a stadium in D.C. bigger and better than Jerry's mm-hmm. World in Dallas? That was a really interesting article. Uh, I was I just wanted to ask where'd you get your information for, or the, was that just pure opinion? So and, that 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 story was actually aggregated off.
2: A podcast that Vinny Serato, who was the Redskins GM from 2001 to 2009 and had another stint with the team, he told that to Golic and Wingo on their podcast. And basically, what he said like, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quotes in front of me, but he was like, The first time we got to Jerry World, we had dinner on a Friday night before a Sunday night game. It was my family, the Snyders. And the whole Jones family. And as they were getting the tour of the stadium, Snyder looked at me and said, I'm gonna have one bigger and better. So that that's where that came from. And the whole idea is so Snyder's been one or the Redskins organization as a whole has been talking about wanting to build a new stadium for years now. I mean you guys have all been to FedEx Field. You know what it looks like. You know, <laughs> It's a dump. <laughs> Without saying anything more, you, you know it's definitely not a, not a venue you want to clamor about. So the issue with the new stadium has always been where to build it. And in Washington, D.C., that would be the number one like, ideal place to do it. But the only land site they could currently build it on is where the old RFK stadium is. It's the only place that's big enough to host a professional football stadium to build it to the demands that the team wants and earlier this year we heard the mayor Muriel Bowser say the team will not build a new stadium in DC until it changes the name. so I think if you're thinking about the, where the organization is as a whole, they've completely like just besides the name change, this off season has been a complete rebrand in general they like They got a new head coach. They wiped Bruce Allen, and they wiped the longtime trainer. They just got rid of all these other people that were accused of harassment. Yet, they got the number two overall pick in the draft, Chase Young. They have a young quarterback. They have a young core in general. I mean, most of the players you talk about on the Redskins are 26 and younger.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, this might – like, the whole purpose behind that is there's really no better time to really – Rebrand the whole organization now, and ultimately, I think Washington fans, most Washington fans, want the new stadium to be in D.C. So I think Snyder realized the only way I can make all this happen and please the majority people is if I want to build that new stadium in D.C., I have to take the first step in getting rid of the name. So that's where that comes from.
0: Do you think he would have taken this step eventually? If if it wasn't for basically forced upon them, I think the name change was inevitable.
2: I mean, especially like as we're going as a society, for better or worse, I think. Yeah. That realistically, if it didn't happen this year, it was only a matter of time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like hypothetically, say it hadn't happened until 2024, 2025. That's when the stadium lease ends. Like or the lease ends in like 2027 or something like that. But you get to the point where you have to build a new stadium because you don't want to play in FedEx field any more games than you're legally required to do upon this agreement.
0: You just don't want to play in Landover anymore.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge point. I think Mayor Bowser's statement Mm -hmm. was the nail in the coffin where you just knew inevitably if they wanted to go to D.C., they got to change the name. And you just see how successful like Nats Park has been in revitalizing Mm -hmm. Southeast. And you just know – if they do build a stadium in RFK it would be great i think it'd be great for the fan base and
2: definitely kind of
1: like like we said i think it's a volatile time for the redskins but it could eventually be a good thing because they've been mm-hmm. consistently bad for so long where maybe the volatility yeah. might restructure some things in the long run even if this is kind of like this is kind of like a rock bottom more than just more of the same yeah
2: and think about it like how how you're like 20 or 21 right mm-hmm. and You have never seen the Redskins be good. I've never seen the Redskins be good. Like, we were just talking about this earlier. They, like, people say they haven't been good for two decades. It's been three. Like, they have not been good since 1991, which is 29 years ago. So, like, as a younger generation, like, I don't think people even, like, they don't care what the name is as long as the team wins. Like, winning cures everything in almost any walk of sport and walk of life, honestly. And, Like, you, I would like as a Washington fan of any sport, I would not care what the team name is if they're winning. So, I think any Redskins fan should definitely take the trade off of getting rid of the name if it translates into a better culture moving forward.
1: Well, I think that's a big bit, a big if under Dan Snyder. I mean, the teams run his way. I I can't see a future where they're successful. Have you noticed a change under Ron Rivera? Do you think
2: we're going towards the right direction? It feels different. I will say that. Um, it's hard to predict success, especially with this team when there's still, one, so many holes on the roster in general, but two, like, like I just said, if they, they haven't been good in close to 30 years. I mean, they've won one playoff game, maybe two playoff games in my lifetime. They've been to the playoffs four times in my lifetime. I mean there's like you said there's it starts at the top and like if they haven't been good for that long there's no reason for anyone to believe that the change is coming now but I will say Rivera since he's gotten here his presence does feel different than a lot of the past head coaches he's well way more well respected than everyone that's been here in the past he's shown more accountability he's willing to take blame for things, which is what we've seen coaches not do here in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think if anyone is going to be the person to turn it around, it has to be him.
1: Yeah. What's your um, What's your impression of Jay Gruden? Just what was your impression while he was there? And now that you're kind of <laughs> seeing some of the different rumors and some of the quotes have come out from DJ Swearinger and, of course, Zach Brown's Instagram story. Yeah. And what was your what's your kind of impression of him now and the job he did as Redskins head coach?
2: So I always liked Gruden a little more than I think the casual person did. I only really covered him the last two years he was there. So I don't really have a good overall view of like his six years as looking at it objectively. I would say a lot of the players did like him. He was definitely a player's coach. Practices weren't hard. They played music. They were casual. But then you have guys like DJ Swearinger, Jonathan Allen, who they just – Hate that. They want to be pushed in practice. They don't want any nonsense, no BS, no effing around. Like it's football, it's our job. Like we can eff around when we win. And ultimately, they didn't win. Gruden won zero playoff games when he was here, went to the playoffs twice. I mean, when you look back on Jay Gruden's six years in Washington, the only thing that stands out to me was when he decided to bench. RG3 for Cousins in the 2015 preseason, and that ultimately led to like them winning the division that year, surprisingly. Other than that, it's a bunch of – like 2016, they were supposed to be good. They choked in Week 17 against the Giants and missed the playoffs. 2017, 7-9, mm-hmm. not being able to lock up Cousins was huge for the downfall of this organization. And then once Alex Smith got hurt, it was all really downhill from there. I think yeah. Jay Gruden finished – losing 16 of his last 18 games or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think his – do you think him being
1: opposed to Haskins there at the end and kind of them not having a good relationship was the final straw?
2: I would say just, like, the timelines didn't match up. I mean, going into 2019, like, Gruden knew he had to win. He said as much in, like, off-season press conferences. He's like, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to be here. So, I can understand him being upset by the team drafting – a quarterback in the first round who's not necessarily ready to play in week one. That doesn't help Gruden's future as a head coach now when he's trying to win. I think overall, I mean, once Alex Smith got hurt, like you have no long-term plan or short-term plan at the quarterback position moving forward. And I think the Haskins pick excited a lot of people at the time, a lot of fans and gave, he's a local guy, DMV guy, balled out his one year as a starter so i think it was exciting for a lot of people and i personally still think he can be really good so like we'll see i mean that like you said i definitely think it was the the nail in the coffin in terms of they just didn't the two sides just didn't really like agree on a lot of things so
0: so i've have, i've have two final questions i know you got to get back to work we'll wrap it up here soon but uh good. um one one stand on the redskins topic is did you hear any of these murmurs of all these different allegations this shit with Jay Gruden while it was happening. Did you hear any of this going on any blip of it before it came out? Or was this just a surprise to everyone? Are you talking about like the Cabri bib stuff and all well, that? I just everything. I mean, yeah. everything that's come out in the last week. Um,
2: I would say like me personally on the outside, I didn't know much. I remember last year, there was a video like three days before Gruden got fired that surfaced the internet of him hanging out at like the bars outside Richmond in training camp. Like, pretty mm-hmm. sure he was smoking a J and he was like talking to some like college aged like girls. So, that I knew was a little fishy. I mean, of course, I've heard some stories from
0: mm-hmm.
2: some people that I'm close with, but I mean, like, in terms of the severity of everything going on. Redskins Park no I had I had like I was just as shocked as
0: anyone when it came out wow and then my second question my last question is uh how excited are you for this upcoming Nats season shifting a little bit towards baseball I mean the 60 (laughs) game season should be exciting I know you're a big Nats fan you cover them as well Mm -hmm. Uh, this I mean this could be this might be the best thing for baseball this is gonna be a really exciting stretch and how do you feel about it um I'm bittersweet. I'm like
2: conflicted, and I think it's bittersweet. Um, the bitter part of me is I wish they actually got to have a season, like as like they still get to be the defending champions, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. You're not going on the road, and everywhere you go, you have a bullseye on your back. People are trying to get the best out mm-hmm. of you, and I just think not having fans in the stands, not being able to have your ring ceremony on opening day not being able to have really your victory lap, your tour is really the bitter part for me. And another thing is also just Ryan Zimmerman not being there. Like he's been the guy through it all and not being able to like completely respect his decision, understand it. Honestly, he probably made the best choice for him and his family, but it stinks as a fan to not be able to see the guy who's really been like the face of the franchise besides Strasburg and Harper for when he was there. Like, not get to have the victory lap of the title. He spent 14 seasons here trying to win and finally getting. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, I am thrilled to have professional American sports back. And baseball is going to be the first one back. I think it starts in like two days, three days. Thursday. And I'm just as excited as anyone to see Scherzer and Garrett Cole go at it for probably seven-plus innings on Thursday night. And watch some good old baseball so I'm really excited for that and this is another thing I thought that's really cool about the 60 game season like it stinks that 60 games obviously is not long enough to determine who is the best team but we were talking about this with like our Orioles team the other day what if Baltimore starts out like 15 and 15 like they're in playoff contention going into the second half of the season.
0: Dude, don't don't <laughs> get my hopes up. Just don't get my hopes yeah, up. <laughs> I mean,
2: especially
1: with the Orioles. I mean, I think it was 88. They were, started 0-21. They were terrible. Then 1989, they came I, – I might have the years wrong, but 1989, they were supposed to be awful, and they came out and almost made, either almost made the playoffs or they did make it with a bad yeah, team. Yeah, so, like, if
2: you start off hot – like, the Mets always start off, like, 14-2 and two and then just collapse in May. But if they start off 14-2 this year, they're probably going to, like, win the NL East. So, it's just a lot of, like – a lot of like cool things that you would never really get to see in a full 162 game season.
0: It's going to be a sprint the whole time.
2: Yeah. I think as like sports fans. We got to look at the positives and the uniqueness that comes out of the season rather than looking at it in an old traditionalist way that we're like inclined to do as, Oh, it's not a full season. It's not 162 games. Mm -hmm. Like it really doesn't count because like one of my friends told me this other day and this kind of resonated with me, like, these still these stats still go in the back of these players like baseball cards like it still counts so it's still going to count towards their careers and all that and you got to look at it from like a dodgers perspective like if they win the world series and then mookie betts walks in free agency like is it worth it i mean maybe you win a world series your first time since 1988 so yeah and i think uh i think the rest um Tell me if you agree with me, it
1: helps the Nats a little bit just because of how many innings they rotation rotated through mm-hmm. deep into the playoffs. I'll be curious to see how fresh they're going to look. Their starting yeah. pitchers will be down the stretch just because of the fact that usually, like, I remember what happened with the Red Sox off their championship. They're all, they're, their whole rotation was just – their yeah. arm was dead. I mean, Chris Sale, still, his arm hasn't fully it. recovered. So,
2: I think that's going to be something really interesting to watch I, too. I completely agree with you. Seeing Scherzer kind of get hit around by the Phillies a couple days ago was not the most encouraging thing. But mm-hmm. that's like a little worrisome. You said, <laughs> like you said, I mean, Corbin, Scherzer, and Strasburg all came in relief, came on in relief during the postseason. They really only had six pitchers they they used the final three, four weeks of the season. I mean, it was the big three: Annabelle Sanchez, and then Hudson and Doolittle. They did not want to throw anyone else.
1: And so I think like they said, only won two playoff games that weren't Scherzer and Strasburg started and that That's whole ridiculous. run which is insane <laughs> I mean, just every guy every star they used everything broke right it was just it was mm-hmm. so incredible but yeah.
0: and
2: it like for me speaking for me at least it was like the most fun i've ever had as a sports fan <laughs>
0: just, yeah like, same here man. first time you get to see a championship really besides the capitals yeah i mean
2: like the capitals run was awesome but i'm a bigger baseball guy than i'll yeah. ever be a hockey guy so sure. but one more thing i want to say on the 60 game season i think the other thing that helps the Nationals is the DH, honestly, because I mean, even if even without Ryan Zimmerman, like keeping Howie Kendrick's bat in the lineup every day is going to be huge. And Eric Thames, if he's not playing first that day, I mean, like it sucks that we're not going to see like uh, Scherzer hit because he like he's actually pretty good at it. But I mean, I would much rather take the trade off for this unique, yeah. and interesting season. Yeah, it yeah, would we definitely well, help them.
0: Well, I have one last thing I want to ask, which is you work with Chris Cooley, right?
2: I do not. He works for the Redskins, like Team Direct Broadcast Network. It's at ESPN uh, 980, right? No, I I, th- I think he might be at 980, I think, but I, I think know he directly works for the team as well. Okay.
0: I thought I thought I saw some. He was was he on? He might have been on your NBC Sports. Yeah, So yeah. like the two the two sides have a partnership,
2: so there's a lot uh, okay. of crossover. But All right. I'm still low enough on the totem pole, I don't get to. <laughs> really get to benefit from all the, the other processes. Well, I was just
0: going to ask you how far along Chris Cooley is with CTE, but I guess that's <laughs> I guess you aren't going to know that, but <laughs> just, well, someone that get I would be interested to see someone that gets to in, uh, deal with a veteran tight end and the mush brain that they have probably by now. I want to see <laughs> how far along he is. But I, we want to thank you for coming on. It's been awesome. It's uh, been really interesting. Uh, thank you just, for thank having you. me. Yeah, thanks for taking time out of your day to come on. Of
2: course.